0: thank you all for tuning in today's episode was really meaningful to both Melissa and I it was a really fun episode to record and we truly appreciate you guys tuning in and and listening to this experience I do apologize there's some background noise throughout the the interview here today we had some construction going on outside of our studio so we appreciate you bearing with that and please sit back and enjoy this episode of our human experience all right hello hello everyone out there in podcast land melissa and chad are back with you for another our human experience and today i'm i'm really excited to dive into our topic It's something that has been of interest to myself personally for a number of years, and something that I've dove deeply into over the last year, uh, which is attending plant medicine or medicine ceremonies. And this past weekend, Melissa went to her first ceremony with me. And it was a really amazing weekend for both of us. And we thought, this would be a really nice time and a great channel or outlet for her to share her experience. What, what it was like for her both within the actual ceremony as well as her mindset leading up to it. You know, the things that she was concerned about the things that she was uncertain of, you know, why she ultimately decided to, to join me and everything in between there hopefully. And I think this is a really valuable thing uh, because, for us personally, with the people that we know in our lives, my experiences and the way that I describe kind of what I've gotten out of these ceremonies are often heard differently than what I anticipate people will hear from Melissa. Simply because of the difference of our backgrounds, um, I have a background of a significant amount of drug and alcohol use. I have a higher level of comfort with those things personally, and Melissa's quite different for me in that regard, and so I think that her advice, her experience, you know, her stories behind it carry a, a different sort of of weight. And so I'm really, I'm really excited that she did it. I'm really excited that she's willing to sit and talk about it. And uh, let's just dive right into it. So,
1: okay. Melissa,
0: go ahead. Like, what do you got to say first to get started?
1: I, I was just going to say, why don't we give them the listeners a little bit of a background to if they're not familiar with this? What a plant ceremony is, yeah. what medicines you've been using, what we use this weekend, um, and then maybe, like why you would even consider doing this.
0: Sure. So typically, uh, when you hear plant medicine ceremonies or healing ceremonies, you're talking about a variety of different um, substances. It's typically a psychedelic or something very adjacent to that. Uh, in is specifically regarding ourselves um, you know I attended a ceremony utilizing psilocybin which uh, is also known as you know magic mushrooms um, and then we both attended an MDMA ceremony uh, sometimes confused with like ecstasy a lot of times if you're you know I've used ecstasy recreationally um, prior to that but it's oftentimes mashed up with a bunch of other stuff and some other amphetamines and caffeine and meth and shit like that. Um, So it's not exactly the same. Uh, I will say that there are a number of different types of experiences that you can have and there's a number of different facilitators that offer these sort of things. Not all of them are structured the way that the tribe that we work with is set up. Not all of them are focused on the same things. And this is not to, you know, put anyone down or anything like that. But there are some whose focus is really just to kind of cut loose and party or it's creativity, totally like artists and things like that. It's all creativity based. Um, it, there's, there's just understand. There's different paths that you can take with this. There's also other medicines. Um, so you know, LSD is used, um, ibogaine, ayahuasca, peyote, ketamine. ketamine um, there are a number of, of different things, and there's, there's 5-MEO, DMT. Um, there's a lot of, of different substances and compounds out there that various tribes, various communities work with. Um, personally, I have sat in a ceremony utilizing psilocybin a number of times, MDMA a number of times, and, uh, and a ketamine ceremony as well. Uh, I've also used Hape, which is a uh, tobacco paste based plant medicine. Um, and that's that's the extent of what I've experienced thus far. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned before, this was Melissa's first ceremony. She attended the the ceremony utilizing MDMA as the medicine. Uh, she did not attend the the one using psilocybin, but i did I attended both this past weekend. so, That's a little overview on this stuff. Obviously, there's a ton of resources now, especially because uh, institutions like John Hopkins have been doing studies with specifically psilocybin and MDMA around PTSD, end of life anxiety, um, treatment resistant depression, all sorts of of really, really powerful and promising things utilizing these medicines, uh, typically coupled with uh, psychotherapy. So there's, again, a variety of different ways to engage with and use these, always make sure that you are using an abundance of of caution if you start to pursue this sort of stuff, and really, really dig into why you're doing it. We'll talk more about this and make sure that you're that you're being served by a professional that understands what they're doing and they understand the power of of what these medicines can bring to you, uh, because it's not. And having grown up a partier and and seeking this sort of escape from my own life in conversations that I've had with friends, you know, they've they've said things like, sounds like you're just eating a bunch of mushrooms in someone's basement and getting fucked up. And it certainly can be portrayed as that, but I can tell you that it's not. I've been in those situations doing those sort of things. It is a, a world away from that. It is a totally different experience. Given the community that we've been lucky enough to be connected with, and and we're really thankful for that. So, just a, a nice overview of that. If you're if you're interested, there are a ton of resources out there. Uh, one of the best places to start would be uh, looking into MAPS, M A P S. It's Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Substances, or something. I, I might be messing that up. I'll I'll double check that and put it in the show notes. Um, that's a great place to start, uh, as far as people who are advocates for using these sort of medicines for a variety of different reasons. Um, and there's a number of other ones out there that you can that you can dig into. There's a really great podcast called the Plant Medicine Podcast that brings on medical professionals. It brings on people who have experienced some of these ceremonies and talks specifically about different medicines and it, they bring up risks associated and the the profound benefits. It's a really well balanced show that brings a lot of information. So I'll, I'll tag that in the show notes as well. Um, anything else that you think we should.
1: No, I think that was, that was a pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. I just wanted to make sure that people understood what we were talking about, um, and had a better understanding.
0: Absolutely. And thank (laughs) you. for doing (laughs) Um,
1: yeah. So I, I guess the first step for me to start talking about this, um, as you mentioned before, I, I don't, haven't had, um, much, if any, experience with drug use in my past. And while I use that as one of the major drivers of not attending ceremonies with you, uh, the more I kind of sat with it, meditated, reflected on why I really, you know, you've been doing this for almost a year now and you're, um, you coming home and talking about your experiences and mine was always like, that's so wonderful for you. I, I, I don't think that's something I'm going to ever do. Um, and uh, like I said, a lot of it was a big part was the, uh, apprehension around actually taking a substance and, and how my body would physically react to that. Um, on the flip, on the other side, um, and what I admitted to this weekend was, that I didn't think that I was necessary, necessarily worthy of a space in the tribe. There there are a, a limited number of ceremonies. There are a lot of people that are looking for this kind of help. And many of them have much bigger, um, more profound trauma than I do or mm-hmm. what I deemed I did. Um, and I, I, I was telling myself the story that, I didn't, I didn't really deserve to take a space. Like, my, my stuff bothered me, but it wasn't a big enough deal, right? And I quickly got knocked, and knocked on that idea this weekend. Um, in a very loving in way. In a loving, the most loving, supportive way. And, you know, I'm so glad that um, I have put in the work going into ceremony. I'm so glad that I decided to go and that I, you know, stuck with it throughout the day and really kind of let myself be open to what I was being offered. Cause it was like, to say that, the that it was transformational or profound is like, so that it doesn't do it any sort of justice. So I I haven't found the right word to, I guess, explain to people what I felt, what I experienced and then ongoing two, three days later. So yeah.
0: And I think it's really, it's valuable to really point out that one, you stepped into this with a significant amount of preparation. I know you and I had talked many, many, many times mm-hmm. about the value that our own personal physical health
2: oh, brings to this yeah. in
0: terms of our ability to, to manage the actual ceremony itself, to manage the the aftermath to you know recover from it because it is it's work you know mm-hmm. we, I joked with you I said I kept my whoop strap on and my recovery was garbage both days um, and we didn't exercise right mm-hmm. and we, and I slept halfway decent too mm-hmm. um, yeah. and so it's it's important and on top of that you really dedicated yourself to the practices of journaling and meditation for. A couple months preceding Mm -hmm. because we were actually supposed to attend in 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 April and we couldn't Um, and so we we pushed it back to May and so I think it's it's really important to point out that you came very prepared for what was you know what was to come and you still had apprehension around it but you you stepped into it and I was so proud of you because you know one of the things that Melissa did and this is probably not always an option but one of the things that she did was she was able to come in and actually join the share at the end of, of the ceremony that I went to without her. Uh, and so each ceremony begins and ends with a share from every individual that's sitting in the room about why they're there, what their intentions are, you know, what they're hoping to work toward as a result of that particular ceremony. Because again, I want to point out within the tribe that we're working it's about healing and growth mm-hmm. and so it's not just show up I want to try this you know because it sounds fun but right? there there is work that is expected of every person that sits in that room before during and after and attending these ceremonies is simply one one piece it's one step within the process mm-hmm. And so Melissa was welcomed in to come in and share at the end of the ceremony from the day before she sat. And I think that was really, really powerful because you were able to hear some of the things that people were sharing at the end of it. And it was, you know, it was a little, it was a glimpse into what that room can be Mm -hmm. when you're there. And you weren't even, I mean, you sat and you were open and vulnerable and emotional and you hadn't even done the ceremony. You had literally walked in ten minutes earlier, yeah. you know, and just were welcomed by everyone in the room, and listened to what they had to say, and they listened deeply to what you had to say, and I think that really set you up for even more success the following day.
1: Oh, agreed, agreed. And I've said this a few times in ceremony, but that was the the first. I I'm gonna say the first time ever in my whole life, in my almost thirty seven years of life, that I felt. I could be, do, say anything. Anything. I mean, people talked about wanting to kill themselves every single day. People talked about, you know, pushing boundaries with women. People talk like talked about like sensitive stuff that we don't. It just has a society we don't talk enough about because of the judgment. And this was the first place where I felt that anything could be said, and you were actually respected more for sharing and being open and being vulnerable with those things, right? There was literally no judgment. It was like, let me give you a hug afterwards. Like, and I I have never felt that. And like you said, I didn't participate in the medicine on Saturday and I was, I was welcomed into this room and just immediately was flushed with those feelings of, you know, you're welcome, you're accepted, you're loved, no matter what you've done, said, said, Pretend to be, um, and that was just incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if I asked you this, but what what did you feel walking into that room? Like, what was anything that you noticed or the energy field? I understand you felt welcomed and and accepted, but was there anything else that kind of caught your attention when you come in? And I don't know because I haven't asked you this, so I'm just curious.
1: I mean. Like you said before, the facilitators create it's such, it's like the perfect balance between professional and like quote unquote medical. Like, you know, you know, these people know what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, and you feel really safe by that. And it's also like homey and well, just soft. And so it's like this perfect balance of like, I know I'm going to have to push boundaries here and, and struggle. But I also know that no matter what, I'm going to be safe. Yeah. Um, I mean, that the setting was beautiful. We were on, you know, a beautiful lake with a big wind and a house that had a big window. Yeah. So it was like, it was very much, um, that, but and I don't know if this was, this is my own biases going into this, but I feel like prior to you doing this, um, I thought that maybe women would be a little more open to this work. And it's amazing how many men are there um, and how many of them are willing to just ball like a baby in front of 20 other people um, Mm -hmm. and be so vulnerable and just, and then have people not like think anything less of them. Like then after the share, like we sat and we had snacks and we talked about other things and we talked about those things and we talked and it was like just such a, like, weird in the best way, mm-hmm. magical experience. Um,
0: and I would probably replace... I would replace weird with unfamiliar.
1: Yes. Right? Because yeah. I, I think It's that something I've never experienced before with that, that. I mean, I've tried to facilitate that for others, like, in my coaching, and, and really hoping to make my clients feel that they can be, say, do, all of those things, to me like, in our conversations, in our consultations, and that I won't judge them, but there's always that little bit of, like, you know, like, and there's
0: I, hesitation I, on both sides, that, to, to or
1: accept preconceived that. something, you know, or, and, like, there just wasn't, there yeah. just wasn't, and it, it was awesome, it was awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like how you, how you phrase that, and again, I like pointing that out, because that was a day that you walked in, and Prior to that, you were shopping and doing some work and hanging out in the sun, like just waiting mm-hmm. for me to be done. Right. You know, it's not as though you were being primed to come into this room and expect anything in particular. Uh, and and one of the things that like I always, I'm always drawn to the attention that like that a lot of, a lot of work has been done in this room like at the end there's like a feeling of like oh like a lot happened
1: i mean you guys were all you were sweaty people still like you know you could tell that they were still processing a lot of the things and yeah i mean it's it's just a cool environment to be in just yeah
0: and i think going back to shifting that word from weird to unfamiliar right and i often will will use that to describe to describe things in ceremony too because a lot of it is it's it's strange to you it's something that you haven't seen Mm -hmm. and i think unfamiliar is better because for me it brings me back to this idea when we talk about something being common versus uncommon and Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that it is natural yeah right there's a lot of common things in our society Mm -hmm. like our disconnect from one another our reliant on you know, everyday pharmaceutical medications to get us through life, it, 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 whatever. We can go down mm-hmm. a, a huge rabbit hole with that. There's a lot of things that are common right. that are unnatural.
2: Right. And there's
0: a lot of things that are uncommon, unfamiliar, well, that are deeply natural. And I think that's what yeah. I feel in that room is the the deep, natural connection to one another, to the world around you, to the things and that are the there.
1: Environment. And to the environment. And, yeah, to... To things that I think I truly believe and feel and maybe have closed off to. Because they are unfamiliar to everyday society. And it's weird. I'm going to use that word again. But, like, it would be strange to go to your friend's barbecue and do some of the things that were done in that ceremony. Right? And nor should Um, you be
0: expected to. But what's interesting is we just, we don't have, and I wrote about this this weekend, we don't. We don't have places like this in our society, or very, very few and far between, where you really genuinely feel that connection, that safety, and yeah. that push. And to I mean, challenge I, yourself. I have met,
1: besides you in that room, I had met one other person in person. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, I got hugs, they said sit down, I got foot massage. I, I mean, <laughs> like, I did, There were just things that I was like, Oh my gosh, like, just because of you, I'm already a part of this. And just because I want to be here, not even a connection to you. Just because we all have this same common thread that we want to show up and try to be better, you're automatically accepted. Yeah. It's like, fuck, you know?
0: And I'm I'm called to remember the first, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but the first ceremony that I attended, I wrote many times in my journal... That I feel home. Mm-hmm. It feels like a natural place. It, it just and again, I'm I'm so happy that you went and decided to experience this because a lot of the things that are difficult to explain and will be difficult to explain on this podcast, they will be difficult for people to understand if they've not done any of this sort of work before. You and I now. Can share that in many, many ways. And even though I've had a a handful more, you know, I've had some more experiences than than you have, and with different ceremonies, there's commonalities and there's common threads Mm -hmm. that run through all of them that are almost like a language. And I know that you and I have had some really, really amazing conversations since Sunday, Mm -hmm. you know, driving around in the city and everything, and, you know, and working and coming in here today and Mm -hmm. we've just we've been able to have that and it's it's a different level of communication which you and I already had done a lot of work on our communication and it was really good and really solid this really just came down to my inability to fully explain what these circumstances were like and what because it's inexplicable
1: and I've been trying to do that since Sunday, and I, yeah, I can totally feel yeah. feel that.
0: So it's definitely there's a lasting effect for sure mm-hmm. in terms of the connection uh, to to people that are they're doing this sort of work along with you, and then there's a, there's a lasting effect within yourself as well. And I think that's one of the things that's really exciting. I mean, part of what got me interested in this to begin with was working with veterans with PTSD and traumatic brain injury and looking for mm-hmm. treatments and ways that they could manage this stuff that were, that were actually effective, that mm-hmm. didn't involve them being on, you know, a dozen psychoactive medications right. from the V8 for the rest of their life, right? right? And, and it's thankfully, thankfully this stuff is coming out of the, the dark ages and back into the mental health spectrum where mm-hmm. it's actually being applied to these guys and I know I shared with you there was I saw a post that um I think it was John Hopkins just got through their phase three clinical trials I believe for MDMA specific to uh treating PTSD and they'll move on to phase four and it's it's crazy because they're looking at people that sit for three sessions one session a month for three months of MDMA assisted psychotherapy yeah and up. Upwards of 70% of them are walking away with a non-clinical diagnosis. And the average length of time that they were clinically diagnosed has been 14 years.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, what what I worked through this weekend has been ingrained in me since I was born.
0: Before you were born.
1: Before I, yeah. And the work and the things that I wrote in my journal, I think, would have taken years or never if I actually went through therapy for this. Agreed. And And, and I was there for seven hours and I walked away with a totally different view, not only about myself and the things that I was working on, but also how I see people and that has nothing to do with what I went through, right? It's just, oh, that person's not, may not be an asshole just to be an asshole. Let's look a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. What were their parents like? What, you know, what kind of things have they gone through? Like I did that a little bit. But there was always this like judgment, (laughs) judgment, but not not so much, but like a judgment behind them. Right. And now. Like, I'm looking and I'm saying, oh, they really do have an issue with expressing their emotions in a way that's beneficial to their relationship or they really like they they don't have the tools to do this because their mother didn't have the tools. And she, you know, that's. Something I didn't necessarily expect and is like profound. The way I had a consult with a nutrition client this morning and the way I talked to her was completely different. And it like, this is already three days out impacting so many more areas of my life than I ever would have expected.
0: And other people's lives because Hopefully. you're, you're bringing yeah. it to them, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of things that again, I'll go back to as is, is however you want to classify them unfamiliar, weird, strange, or just concepts that we're just, we're not really, we're not taught and we don't talk about. And so one of them that you touched on was this idea of having behavior, belief patterns ingrained in you from the day you were born and looking at that and saying, it's not from the day you were born. It's, it's from your lineage. It's ancestral. And the first time that I went to a ceremony, there was someone, you know, she had been going for a long time, and and she shared about working on, like, ancestral trauma, and I remember thinking, like, I have, like, not in a judgmental way, because there was no judgment, but I definitely looked and was like, what the fuck is she talking about, sure. you know, and I'm listening, and I'm just like, okay, but I was listening, like, out of very real curiosity, because I'm like, I don't even understand what you mean. Well, you mean. you know,
1: there was some things that came up, and we might get into it, but, like, some things that came up for me were... I don't necessarily. I didn't think I believed in them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And being present at ceremony, I was like, "Well, I'm here. Might as well try." When in Rome, Right? Baby. You know, try to open up. And I have a very different perspective about what I experienced. Mm-hmm. And then, like, reflecting on, oh, I think this might have been with me all along, in like small capacities. I just haven't been open to them, hmm. to these experiences or to these feelings, and I do think any everything that happens at ceremony has, is ingrained in us as humans. It's not, not weird, we just but don't we have just it. we have just shut it off. Mm-hmm. We have just shut these things down and made them be weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just.
0: I mean, it's funny when you think about it. We say like this stuff's weird. Like, how weird is it? That people walk around with this little square block of glass and take pictures of themselves everywhere they go. Like, that's weird. Why would they not just be in that moment with someone? How weird is it? Like, there's a lot of weird things that we do that are common that people are like, well, that's, no, that's just what people do because it's been normalized, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, there's things that are that are brought up in a setting like a medicine ceremony setting that have been practiced by humans in some cases for thousands and thousands and thousands of years yeah that's pretty fucking common yeah. we don't do it in in our culture in our society very often here so it feels unfamiliar and weird but when you're in it there's something about it that like i mentioned before this feels like home it feels right and the more you give yourself to that the more you step into it and you just say, let's let's just
2: well, yeah. enter
0: this with a beginner's mind, with a white belt mentality. If I yeah. can step into this, I might be able to experience some amazing things. And I know, you know, the facilitators would talk about like if you do that, you will see magic. And, you know, we I, I laughed because one of them said, you know, not magic like pulling a rabbit out of a hat magic but things that are beyond your comprehension or your belief.
1: And I don't know if I ever if I, if I even saw that. For me it was more of a reminder. Mm-hmm. Like at some point you you believed in this stuff. You talk about this stuff. And then you do stuff to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Like just but keep the door open. Yeah. You know.
0: So I'd like to get into some specifics and i know this is one of those things it's like we literally could have recorded i don't know at least six to seven hours of conversation about this after
2: oh having gone to ceremony. just, just <laughs> yeah. if
0: we just hit record on the yeah. conversations that we had yeah uh, and some of them really great I mean, actually way more than that because it was a seven-hour car ride home and the girls were great about uh giving us the chance to to talk um I want to talk a little bit about, dive more into your apprehension, I know you touched on it, but what your apprehensions were initially, from like day one, and how those started to shift, and how those continued, and what they were like leading up to the moment that you walked into the room to start ceremony, because I know you still had some, you know, there was still a little bit yeah. of apprehension and nervousness there yeah. when you came in, so... Let's, let's hit on that.
1: Yeah. So like I mentioned before, uh, my initial reaction was, I think, twofold. Like I, I had not, you had been journaling and meditating for a really long time prior to even starting to go to ceremony. Mm -hmm. And I had dabbled here and there. And we've talked about, you know, journaling a little bit before with me, but I have prior to this weekend, I've had expectations around how pretty much every minute of every day should look Mm -hmm. um and how i needed to show up in order to have people read the story the way i wanted them to read it so
0: in terms of how you wanted to be seen and how okay
1: yeah so my journaling practice was hit or miss because i thought that it needed to be happened in a certain way or show up in a certain way and once i relinquished that control and just let thoughts flow onto a page i became much more comfortable with with journaling um and being able to get my thoughts out and that started simply as just a like 13 year old diary reflection of like what happened today yeah. right or how people made me feel or you know, what was cool, you know, like, it really was very surface level. And then I started to become so comfortable with that, that I was like, where else can I go with this? Like, what am I missing? Um,
0: but you gotta keep in mind, like, I think it's really great that you point that out, because in order to dive deep, you've got to break the surface. The surface is the first place to start. And,
1: you know, I think one of my biggest intentions this weekend was, rewriting the stories that i have told myself for years and years and years my whole life right and part of me was just you know i'm I, you know i i'm mindful enough i'm aware i'm very aware of my life very intuitive you know i don't need to journal or meditate yeah like that's that's just extra that like i'm i'm good it's right?
0: extra shit to do and i don't have time to do it right none of us have time yes. to exercise yeah. or journal or any so, of these like,
1: things So I also went into, similarly to journaling, I went into meditation with a story and expectation of what it needed to look like. So I would say, okay, you need to sit down and you need to shut off your mind and be totally silent and never scratch your face and don't try to adjust yourself and Mm -hmm. just sit. And I would do that for like 37 seconds. And then I'm, you know, the to-do list would start running or I would think about something or I would have to scratch my face. And then I'm like, well, see, you can't even do that, so why are you even bothering? And then I was not. And I don't know what clicked with me with meditation. I yeah. have no idea where I just – some of the guided ones helped, but, like, I think really just focusing more on my breathing yeah. and just, like, counting and – actually allowing like if you need to move your leg because your foot's falling asleep move your leg if you need to scratch your face scratch your face if you have a thought notice it accept it move on like it's exactly
0: what allowed you to journal
1: right, right? so it just relinquishing this
0: idea of specific right. rules and what so it means once
1: needs i did to that i was leg. able to i can sit now for 20 plus minutes and have minimal thoughts and just focus on my breathing and, and i've seen you sit for you know a long sometimes long. i wait i like open my eyes and i'm like I just fall asleep. <laughs> like, and I'm like, no, because I remember it all, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think.
0: You had some hesitation because yeah. those tools those things were not, some, those practices weren't
2: something they that weren't you were
1: there, doing. Right? So I was like, well, I don't know if I'm prepared to sit under the influence of medicine. I don't know if I have the tools to do yeah. that. um. And I was probably right. And it's probably a really good thing that I had that extra month to really hone in those skills. Yeah. On this, you know, secondary was the physiological response from my body from the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, having little to no experience with substances in my body, I didn't know. I didn't know how I was going to feel, yeah. and I I was worried that.
0: And we should point. I should point out too. Sorry, I apologize yeah. for interrupting. But I should point out for anyone listening too that you. I mean, we've been. We started dating roughly 18 and a half a little over 18 years ago mm-hmm. right I think I've seen you intoxicated four times five times tops
1: like, like need help when I'm drunk Yeah. not even like
0: <laughs> a, a mass intoxicated yeah. I'm talking about drunk like legitimately drunk where you would not be capable of taking care of me or anyone around you and so there is a, well, a huge burden of needing to feel in control <sighs> Of that situation. And I didn't help because I was often very happy being out of control.
1: But. And. Now I know why. After this weekend. It wasn't because I was scared to get drunk. It was because of all the stories that I told myself about who I needed to be. I needed to be the one that was going to help you. If I didn't do it, who was? If I was drunk with you, who was going to help us? Mm -hmm. Right? And then what were you going to remember me for? So, yeah, it's like fucking fireworks are going off in my brain right now.
0: But it, like, I wanted to make sure that yeah. listeners understand that even beyond quote unquote illicit substance use, even with alcohol, you've no, never, been, never been you've never been someone who lets themselves get out of control very often throughout your life, or almost ever. And so there was a lot of apprehension about can. You know, can I physiologically feel okay and, and and relinquish that need to be in control, and I think you might understand now a lot better. But when I talked to you a few ceremonies ago about feeling as though not that I controlled the experience for the first time, but that I that I danced with it and that I guided it and I was, and I was yes. an active role yes. player in it yes. because. It's very difficult to elicit absolute control over the experience. I would argue likely impossible, right? But it is it is a skill that can be built yes. for you to, to mm-hmm. allow to flow with it and yeah. move with the experience. And I didn't mean to interrupt yeah, your, yeah. your description of kind of these reasons why you were hesitant to go in, but I think it's important for anyone listening to understand that you weren't a white girl-wasted partier either, like, with booze. You went and would have one or two drinks while I tried to consume as much alcohol as I could within the bar, you know, within one sitting.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's... The setting for ceremony makes it very... The setting that the facilitators have created makes it very difficult to feel unsafe and scared Mm. I tried I tried to feel like to bring those thoughts back up and say like you're nervous about this you're nervous about this and I really had a hard time Mm. um prior to taking the medicine the vibe in the room the energy in the room the people the music the smells the the ambiance was just the perfect combination of just I felt like no matter what happened I was going to be okay yeah um, so
0: let's before we go too far yeah. into that. I, I just want to make sure we continue down this path of like your Resistance and hesitation around it. So we talked about yeah. you know it, we were leading up to how did that start to shift for you? So you have you know nervousness around your lack of, of control mm-hmm. if you're under the the influence of the medicine um, there was I know there was some nervousness around like Physiological response that you yeah. did not exactly touch on yet, but we can talk about that there was uh, this Feeling of not necessarily feeling prepared. Mm-hmm. There was feelings around not "quote unquote" needing this.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Anything else that that was a big resistance for you?
1: I mean, no, no. I think going a little bit deeper on those things, I, I learned to, or I grew some trust not only for myself by honing in these tools, but watching you come back from ceremony and the changes and implementations that you were doing. And then at least virtually meeting the facilitators Mm -hmm. and getting to know them and trusting them that they're not going to let, like not going to let anything happen to me. Right. And they're the whole purpose of what we're doing is to help me. Um, So I think having trust in them, having trust in you, having trust in myself that I could get through this experience, even if it was difficult, even if my body did physiologically respond, quote unquote, negatively, or some in a way I didn't want it to, mm-hmm. um, that I would come out better for it on the other side. So I think that was kind of the tipping point. I mean, I think the trust thing for the facilitators was, was a big one. And then that trust, like, that, like, pushed me. And then me, like, really looking at myself and saying, I think you got this. Like, I think that you can
0: confidence in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I remember there was a point where you sat with me for a long, like 45 minute <laughs> meditation. And I I said, let's do it in the sauna. Yeah. And you agreed. I didn't <laughs> and like and we, uh. we stepped out of it. And I remember you telling me that was really hard. I could barely sit still. And, and I looked at you and laughed. And I, I'm sure you remember this. said, you don't have to worry about going to Ceremony because if you can sit in a hundred and forty degree sauna for forty five minutes in a meditation and you moved your leg a couple of times, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like that was a that was a very difficult sit for me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I've come to be very comfortable sitting yeah. for that long. And so yeah. it, it was interesting because I you had before that you definitely voiced concerns about you know just the ability to physically be there and sit through it. Sure. And I, and then that I remember walking out of there and telling you. Like you've got this. Yeah. You just sat in that yeah. thing, like and from I'm that sure, perspective. I'm sure
1: that helped tip that confidence point. Um, but yeah, I think that was a big, that was a game changer for me. Was was noticing that the tool, like I had the tools. Yeah. Um, so fast was...
0: forward to the fast forward to the actual day of the ceremony. You're walking mm-hmm. in. Did you were you like fuck yeah, let's do this, or did you still carry a little bit of doubt, a little bit of resistance, a little bit of apprehension?
1: I went in much more relaxed than I thought I would. Um, So, I I mean, I think, yeah, I was a little bit apprehensive. I was a little bit nervous, but I sat next to two incredible women that, you know, made me feel really good and supported. um, You were there, which was helpful. The facilitators, I mean, they were there hours before and saging the room. I mean, it just, like I said, the environment was just so perfect that I was able, able to, like, get my pillow and my blanket and sit in the corner and just take it all in. Yeah. Um, and I was really trying, like I was, I was nervous that my, my apprehension and my fear around the physiological response would, would
2: Heighten take, o-
1: no, would take over the experience. So I wouldn't actually experience what I needed to hear or see because I was so worried so about what my managing body was going that. to do. Right.
2: Okay.
1: Um, which never happened. So, I, um, I sat down, I got really comfortable and then it was, I, I mean, we were there for seven hours. I have no idea how much time was taken, but like we did some, you know, we did, we shared in the beginning before taking the medicine we shared, we did, you know, a number of things. There were meditations, there was music play, there was you, breathing, we exercises. breathing exercises, we got sage, like there were things that happened prior to, so like, I think I was starting to get really in it. And then we sat down and, you know, it was said, like, I'm going to come around and offer the medicine now. And I was like, oh shit, I haven't actually taken it. Yeah. Right. Um, So I had a momentary, like, oh, okay. All right. Um, Like, once I take it, that's it. I wrote in my journal, I wrote, um, I'm a little nervous, no turning back now. And I remember, like, taking it and writing that down. Um, And, like, initially my... My my thought was, you're so happy because that, you know, that 45 minutes, hour, whatever we were doing prior to taking the medicine, like, I felt so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt love and, I, I mean, I now knowing what I felt on the medicine and what I was able to do on the medicine, like, it wasn't bad. I'll tell you right now. It was wonderful. It was, it was a beautiful experience, but it wasn't the same. So I was, you know, I had a little, like, ping in my brain of, like, no one will know if you never take this, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. not, you know, a physiological response. There's not like where, like, visibly, I can tell if you took it or not, right? For a yeah. lot of people. So I'm like, you could fake this. You're really happy. You feel so good right now. You don't need to do this. And um, when it was came around, when it came around, it was offered to me. You know, I, I. Took it in my hands and you hold it to your heart and you say a little like you, it's not a, like you said, it's not a pop it in your mouth, like you're at a party type of thing. Say a
0: little prayer, set an intention with it, remind yourself why you're there. you know,
1: I felt really safe with who was giving it to me. I felt really safe with his approach. And, um, again, I trusted him. I trusted him to give me an appropriate dose for, you know, the size of my body, you know, my experiences and what I was looking to get out of the day.
0: And how you were feeling stepping into it.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um because I've watched I've so watched had, him not I've watched him encourage someone to not even have to take it.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Because they were they were yeah. very they had a lot of anxiety uh, around it. And yeah, so I, I know. think it's important to put a pin in that and, and point out that a lot of people would look at this sort of scenario and you're reminded of kind of partying as a teenager or young adult with your friends, where a lot of times, especially guys, it's like How fucked up can we get Billy? Right. Right? And we're like, let's give him more shots. And like, it is the antithesis of of that. Absolutely. It it is, this needs to be right for you, who you are, where you're at on this journey, what you want out of this. I mean, I've had the question asked me a number of times in ceremonies, how deep do you want to go with this? What is your intention? What are you trying to do? Because if you're not prepared to do some deep work, then we're not going to put you there. You know, it's not, our goal is not to be like, let's see how fucking devastating this can be for you (laughs) or how, how intense it can be for you. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I obviously took the medicine and I'm, I'm glad that I did, but there was that little hesitation of like, no one would know if you didn't do this. Sure. And, um, and then that little, you know, I said a prayer and then it was like, okay, fast, get it in my mouth so that I don't. (laughs) You know, I don't.
0: <laughs> Quick act before you can change your mind. <laughs> right,
1: like I made this decision. I'm. I want to do it, but like, don't let your brain catch up. Um. And then it was just. I don't know how long does it take normally, to, for the medicine to kick in.
0: Thirty minutes, forty minutes. I think is pretty standard for a okay. lot of people. So um, I mean, there was another. For me, it feels. Longer and more difficult, so yeah. I have a hard time. Playing, yeah. Like. So I mean, that it
1: was. There was another period of time after actually physically taking it where we were still More in those meditations, songs, prayer, breathing. Meditation, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I was still in this beautiful, blissful state, and I also didn't know what it actually felt to be on it. Mm-hmm. So, I, at one point, was like, "Well, am I here? Like, is it? Did it do it? Like, you know?" Yeah. Um, because. I did. I felt very relaxed. I was able to meditate. I was looking across the room and spreading a lot. Like, I just felt everything I was supposed to be feeling, Mm -hmm. I thought. Um, And I had some initial, like, you can see kind of the shift in my journal where I had some, like, initial thoughts, but they were very, I don't want to say surface, but they weren't about what my brain actually dove into. Um, So it was a nice kind of lead up, and I think it was just my subconscious priming me for like what we're going to get into.
2: Sure.
1: Um, and when I said that, I said, okay, if this is it, like I'm good. Like I feel really good. You know, this is awesome. I think that was like allowing my body to actually feel the medicine. And it Mm -hmm. might've been coincidence that that's when it kicked in. I have no idea, but it felt like I was saying, I'm here. I'm ready. You were giving permission. Let me me feel it.
2: Um,
1: and I did. So, Um, the first thing I felt was clamming it. Like I felt like my body temp raised. Um, I had been really comfortable prior and then I just got this wave of like, just, I was hot. Um, -hmm. my feet got clammy. My hands got clammy. I felt my heart rate start to pick up a little bit, but not in like a scared, like thumping way. way. No, it was just the like, all right, we're here. Notice us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then tingles. I got, t- like, a, like, a wave of tingles is the only way I can describe it. From, like, the tips of my toes to the back, like, up my body and then to, like, the back of my ears. Yeah. My face felt tingly. And for as hot and clammy as my hands felt, like, when I put them on my face, they were, like, instantly cooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just held my face and I breathed. And I... I if it was 10 breaths, that's a lot. I don't yeah. think it was even that many. And I was just like, you're feeling it. It's okay. You can do this. And that was the, like, that was it.
2: Yep.
1: Um, once I got through those, you know, five, 10 breaths, um, I was able to settle back in and just fully embrace. And my body didn't react negatively, quote unquote negatively, um, at, at all again. Mm-hmm. Um. There was not any point where I felt out of control or disoriented. I got up and went to the bathroom. I was able to navigate people laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I always knew where I was. I always felt safe. I always felt, um, yeah, I mean, I was coherent enough to, like, help people next to me that were struggling a little bit more because, I mean, she was holding her breath and I was able to kind of breathe with her. Mm-hmm. Um At one point, the facilitator was – one of the facilitators was helping another girl who was having a hard time. And she came over and just kind of needed – I think needed her energy reworked. And I was able to just hold her hand. And I felt like – I mean, it was – yeah. For those people that are are nervous about the physiological response, I think if you go in with the tools that I had going in, it's a very manageable experience.
0: And the biggest one being – Breathing. To to me is – like when I think about breath meditation journaling, right, I don't want to negate one, the fact that the better physical health yeah. that you're in, that the state of your physical health, the better it is, the better you're, you're going to be as a result. Sure. So with that being said, there's a lot of people that I believe will benefit from seeking something like this out. That may not have the time to get their physical health to a great spot before it would be prudent for them to seek this sort of healing mm-hmm. process or this sort of help, right? Yeah. You know, if you, you have, not- if you have a 10-year fitness journey and had ahead of you, you probably shouldn't hold off necessarily on this. But the the primaries, the journaling, the meditation, the breathing, the journaling's primary role in this is to help. Consolidate your intentions and your thoughts going into it, so that you can enter it with purpose, versus just, you know, well, randomly yeah, I'm gonna going say, in. I'm going right? to say, I'm going to
1: say, journaling is more important before and after, and yes. breathing and meditation is important in
0: for during it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean,
1: the only reason you want to bring a journal is because you have these thoughts flying at Correct. you that you just feel compelled to get down.
0: Yeah, right. And you want to capture um, all that, and but I just but I, I don't want to I don't want to glaze over this. Yeah, the value of the breathing, of breath work and meditation going into it is your ability to sit with stillness, and we we saw you know you got to see some people on Sunday struggle with their ability to just remain still, mm-hmm. right, and it and that makes. What happens is it doesn't necessarily make the 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 ceremony itself negative because not a single person left said that not one person even the people that had the visually appeared to have the hardest time none of them were like that was so bad or so hard for me right but what I do believe is when you're when you're caught in that physical wrestling with what you're feeling because you have you haven't cultured the ability to sit with stillness, right. you lose out on so many of the insights and lessons that are yeah. being presented to you because you're busy managing all this movement and all this, right. you know, this physical unrest. And I, and
1: I had a conversation this morning with one of the guys in, in ceremony with us who was experiencing that. And the last three days have been difficult for him because he didn't have the opportunity, like he's been trying to just sit with it yeah. and, and, I mentioned, you know, trying to distract himself that morning, you know, that day. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's what I was doing, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: So, and then your breath is what allows you to regulate mm-hmm. that experience. And like you said, you know, an elevated heart rate is normal, elevated body temperature is normal. Mm-hmm. And your breath, slow, deliberate yeah. breathing with long exhales, your ability to cultivate that allows you to manage that sympathetic spike in your physical body so that you can sit with it and shift back to parasympathetic so now you can start to look at mm-hmm. analyze and digest right. all of the the thoughts and the information that's that's coming through to you both from yourself mm-hmm. and from the room and this is another one of those things that gets really difficult to understand or to, to explain to someone who's never sat in one of these is that the the energy of the room and the intent of everyone around you is vital to what's happening mm-hmm. and that you as that person like you play a role mm-hmm. in keeping that shit together and I've talked I've become very close with the facilitators at this point and I've talked with them at length about and I, from the first time I went I started talking about this like I felt compelled to apologize because I had a very joyful light ceremony the very first one I ever went to and there was someone near me who actually, there's two people near me who were having a really heavy, dark experience,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and I didn't necessarily apologize, but I I noticed it mm-hmm. and I brought it up, and they they said they shared with me that is very important. Right? We've been in rooms where almost everyone's dark, and it's hard. It's hard on them. Their job is to maintain that balance and that energy so that. It, that people right. still can work on that stuff because they should be able to, right? Mm-hmm. And not let the room get out of control and let it totally... Do. So there's a need for people who can step in and manage their breath and manage their stillness. It benefits both you and everyone around you. And that's mm-hmm. a really... It's an interesting feeling to, to actually have that visceral understanding of how that impacts both you and people that are surrounding you because... Again, not something we're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. So those tools, anyone who is interested in going down this path, and the great thing is, is that those tools will benefit you whether you decide to ever go to a ceremony or not, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. That, you know, they've
1: helped me become more patient with our children. They've helped me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a hundred
0: percent. So let's uh, let's continue. So now you've you've gotten to the point. You've managed all of this resistance. You're you're now you're just open. To it you're mm-hmm. in it you're accepting it and anything I don't want you to feel like you have to share everything uh, that you that you wrote down but anything that you want to share that you feel is important to put out there let's talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. and you know what it meant for you
1: yeah so I mean I spirituality has always been a part of me um, I wouldn't call myself a religious person I grew up in a Home that like tried to go to church and tried to to do like religious education and I just didn't the way it was being presented to me just never resonated with me
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, i joked around in the past and said like I think I'm Buddhist you know like there's other aspects of other religions besides Christianity that have that resonate more with me yeah. where it's more about energy and feeling from the environment and nature and like, I've always been connected in the collective. Yeah. Yeah. So like I've always been able to read people's energies. I've always been able to connect with mother earth or nature, you know? And so a lot of the things in the ceremony, like I said, there weren't things that I've never thought about or Mm -hmm. felt. They're just things that I've closed myself off to because I've been quote unquote busy. Or, you know, society doesn't... you're it's,
0: professional you know, and you're a grown-up. Right. You like, don't do that.
1: Right. Or, like, you know, you're a hippie if you like to walk barefoot on the beach, right? And I don't know where that even happened for me. Um, so there were things that came up. So we, cho- we choose a card or cards, right? Um, and even that, like, I've gone to readings before and... Um,
0: so let's specify. You've done some, like,
1: like tarot, tarot, card, tarot card, card readings at like parties and stuff,
0: and and, and we were pulling some uh, oracle and spirit uh, spirit animal cards prior to the ceremony.
1: Yeah, so you know, I I've always gone into those things like I don't know this person's probably a quack and you know is going to read some cards to me that she learned how to do you know online and you know maybe they resonate. And I actually went to one at a friend's birthday party, and what she said, looking back pretty much playing out mm-hmm. in my life today. Um, and I just thought it was interesting. And I know that you like, you you listen to them talk about the cards in a way that you want to hear them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, am I just interpreting what she's saying? Because that's, that's I what I hear. want it to, sure. that's what I want it to relate to. Um, and so I didn't really think much of it and I haven't. And, and then I pulled the, the spirit animal card.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And my card was the whale. And I mean, I've always liked the ocean, the water, um, but this went much deeper with than that. So it talked about being a, basically a swimming library from day one of the earth until now. So they believe that whales at one point had legs. They were more of an amphibious type animal that was able to go much like a frog or something like onto land and then back into the water. And then eventually just stayed in the water. The legs went away. Right.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but carrying history from mother earth, the ocean to, you know, present day. Um, and I read this card and I'm like, okay, you know, there's some things that resonate. Um, and again, this is before we've taken any medicine you know, very early on in the ceremony, so I haven't fully embraced what I'm doing yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the other things the card said was, you have, you, you are telepathic and or clairaudient, which means I can hear dead people. I can, I or, you know, at least get messages from
0: beyond this, beyond this
1: earth. And that's not something I necessarily openly like thought I believed. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And the card went on, the card, yeah, the card went on to say, um, you probably don't notice this. You probably don't think this is real. Um, you haven't opened up to this. You haven't allowed this to be part of your life.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so I said to myself, you know, what, what if, what am I missing if if this is something that is meant to be part of my life and I'm blocking it? Yeah. Right. Um so like you said, when in Rome I was like, okay, let's pretend I can listen to dead people, you know, and be at least open to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um or just listen to messages from beyond here. Not necessarily I don't think it, it necessarily said dead people, right?
1: It said clear audience. So yeah. Um So, and it also mentioned, like, this is the time to use your voice to heal and teach others,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: which I have felt to my core for the last 10 years that we opened our businesses. I'm doing the coaching that I'm doing. I'm moving in a direction where, like, I truly believe that that is my purpose here is Mm -hmm. to continue in what regard, I'm not sure, like 100% of the time, but just making sure that I'm using my voice to help help others become the best versions of themselves. Like, I, through and through, like, that is, to my core, what I'm passionate about. Um, so this card kind of set the tone for what I was going to open my mind up to, what I was going to, you know, be willing to accept in this ceremony. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of step one. Um, my intention going into the ceremony was learning more about myself, becoming more open and vulnerable. Um, I had mentioned a little bit of, you know, having some self-esteem body issues that I would have liked to work through, but I didn't know if that was going to be what came up. I thought I just needed to continue to hone this skill of helping others and how was I truly going to connect with people and continue to help them? I really like, I thought like, yeah, you know, if that comes up, if we work on me, like that'd be cool. But I really thought I needed to continue to learn how to get all this energy from me out to them. Right. And all this knowledge out to them, out to the people that were struggling. Um, and that's what I shared in my beginning share and, uh, I didn't get
0: that. <laughs> um, I mean, I did a little bit, but You did it inadvertently, right? Because yeah. it was, you know, and I'm going to speak for you a little bit on this one. It, it was by recognizing what you needed personally, yeah. it will only enhance your ability to serve other people. By filling mm-hmm. your bucket, you will be able to fill other bu- others' buckets yeah, in, uh, more fully and in a better way. You know, and so it it did touch on that, just maybe not in the way that you expected it to. It was less of a direction manual, like, Melissa, do this for other people.
1: Um, so very quickly into the ceremony and as soon as the medicine hit, I realized that I, I know how to do that. I don't need to learn how to spread more love and help other people. I've been doing that my whole life. Um, and I wrote that I feel like I have this constant pressure to help and heal and facilitate change. And I wrote it as pressure early on, but it's—I truly now believe it's my call. Like I think that's why I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel it as pressure in a negative way. It's just a like a thing that I'm always feeling. Mm-hmm. Like even if I don't know you, if you say like you know I'm struggling with this hold on, let me give you some advice, right? Sure. Um, and I, I, I don't and meaningful
0: want meaningful advice, like, like you really right, want them to right, hear it. It's not someone right. who's like.
1: And like, let's schedule a follow-up call. Yes. You
0: know? I think that's important <laughs> to point out because a lot of people are like, I like to give advice too. And like, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean advice that like you actually <laughs> like in, want and them and in, to use right. and then you want to check in with them yeah. after. In and like, five days, do a call. I want to know how
1: they, you implemented sure. this. Um, so I want to make sure, make it clear that I am, I am proud to be this person. I feel like a leader role suits me. I feel like I have, I have really come into my own in a professional sense. And then there was this just heaviness, heavy feeling of what, what was I missing for myself? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, why? Why do, you know, so I wrote things like, what do I need? Why do I feel the need to take care of other people? Like I was just, and this was prior to the medicine kicking in. I was just, I was trying to prompt myself into you're like, your you know, what, is this story true? That this is all you're meant to be and there's nothing left for you. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this vision of cups. <laughs> and so, um, uh, we, we talk a lot about filling other filling your cup first and then and then helping others right and that you're unable to truly show up for other people if your cup isn't quote unquote full first right yeah. and i and i said this i've coached people on it i've talked about it i realized sunday i had no idea what that meant <laughs> um so what i thought was there is this jug of water a gallon of water picturing that and there are four cups lined up and I needed to fill my cup first. Yes, I always understood that concept, but there was a finite amount of water and it needed to fill your cup, our kids' cups, and then downward into the rest of my life, right? And I, taking this finite amount of water, realized that I was shortchanging. I was inherently shortchanging my cup to make sure that the other cups had at least, if not more water than me in my cup, right? I needed to make sure that all the way down to Aubrey's cup was was as full as mine so that I had enough for everybody. Sure. And I truly feel like I've lived my life that way. Where I have have inherently shortchanged myself to make sure the collective was better. Yes. And it was like, something fucking exploded in my brain and I was like, you've been doing this wrong all along. So instead of this line of cups with this finite amount of water, I envisioned a pyramid of cups and it's my cup on top and then cups underneath me into this endless pyramid, right? And water was coming down into my cup from a waterfall, faucet, whatever, just this endless stream of water and it was continuously just overflowing into the other cups.
0: And it couldn't and it, reach the next level until that tier had been filled completely and over full right, and kept going down. And yours My cup cursed, was
1: endlessly
0: full. full.
2: Correct.
1: Be- and then everyone else was endlessly full. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a profound, like, holy. F- and I don't think I was even in it yet. No. Because I hadn't even taken it yet. Because afterwards, I'm like, no going back.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, no. Maybe I was. Maybe I wasn't. But either way. Not far after. And it was like, holy shit. Holy shit. I have lived my entire life actively holding myself back and shortchanging anything I need or want for myself to make sure that everyone else was okay. And that was like the first like profound thing um, that came to me. And... I realize a lot about the stories that I tell myself and a lot about the things that I've done in my life, um, in, in that ceremony. So.
0: Well, I think that it's important to point that out. You and I had a very lengthy discussion about the number of people that believe there is good and benevolence in giving of yourself and being sacrificial. And I believe that that is partially true and where we, where we screw it up as a as a species, as human beings, is that that's only half of the equation. And that in order to give of yourself energy, time, love, money, whatever, you also have to be open to receiving that. And we all yeah. know a lot of people, and you absolutely have lived your life as this person who give endlessly of themselves and resist terribly yeah. accepting and yes. because we think that that is the benevolent thing is to just give of yourself the problem with that becomes that there's no way that it, that it's sustainable eventually you run out of resources whatever the yeah. resource is yeah. right and then we think that it's a zero sum game right yes. well if i'm taking in and there won't be enough for me to give out. Yes. It's actually the, the total opposite. Mm-hmm. The more of yeah. these things that you bring into your life and that you openly and genuinely accept. I don't mean when people are like, "Yeah, I accept my paychecks from work. Like, no, no, when you truly yeah. accept abundance of everything, of whatever it is, mm-hmm. love, wealth, energy, yeah. opportunity, when you are really open to it, yeah. then you can give of it in massive quantities.
1: Yes. And it just, yeah. it will
0: build itself.
1: And... For me, you know, I mentioned coming in with some self-esteem body, mainly around my body. Um, You know, that is something that has come from, like we talked about, lines and lines of generational, you know, issues. Back to, you know, as far as my great-grandmother, even farther. And it was something that my grandmother struggled with. It was something that my mom has struggled with. And it's something that has really, I come to find out, has held me back. In, in a lot of ways and has been this kind of mask or shadow over all of these good things that I'm doing. Because the things I, you know, I learned about myself this weekend was I'm doing and doing and doing and constantly staying busy and helping others so that they don't look at me, so that they don't physically recognize that my body is imperfect. that And that was another just like knock me down just realization of like oh my gosh like what if i just showed up and didn't do what if i just showed up as me like and didn't have anything to offer except me right like i didn't help with your kids or i didn't host the party or i didn't do cook the thing for you or like what what then who am i then and i mean that's been something that i've been processing over the last few days and that and i started to kind of feel this little emotional turmoil today, like we talked about earlier, and I think that's what I'm feeling is like I need to own this and I need to start showing up places and not doing anything. And just being. And not saying like And you've
0: done it a couple of times already in the last few days yeah. and I'm very proud of you.
1: Yeah. So I mean I, I wrote things in my journal um that are profound. I mean they're things they're things about my body and about myself that like I said I don't think years of therapy would have gotten me here. I honestly don't. And I've never tried, so I, that could be a false statement. But I mean I wrote things like you're not too much. You don't need to be perfect. You don't stop, you know, I wrote <laughs> over and over, own it. Fucking own it. Own like own who I am and be proud of that. Um
0: and I think I want I, I want to inject here because it it's it goes in line with what the things that you just said you part of your share at the end that really just hit me you know on your behalf was just saying you deserve to take up space yeah and that was a yeah like that was a moment for me that i was like like my mind was blown that you said that because that went back To everything that you just said about needing to do for others so that, so that they'll accept you, so that they'll look past your flaws and so that -hmm. that you'll be loved and welcome because you do so much. Right. Because without doing all those things, you don't deserve to be there. And when you shared, that was the, probably the most profound thing that I heard you say. Yeah. On Sunday was that I deserve to take up space. And.
1: And I've, you know what, like part of me, if you look back on my social media and me as a coach, like I've said these things, I've said these things to women and part of me feels like a fraud for saying them, but I truly believed them for other people. I truly believed it. I never believed it for myself until Sunday.
0: It's a, and this is something I've said to you before. Like when you attend these ceremonies, there's a shift from logical understanding to deep knowing Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I've, I've felt that I know exactly what you mean. I don't think you were being fraudulent in what you put out. I think you believed you logically understood that there was value in in those sort of affirmations and believing that about yourself and for everyone to believe it about themselves. But there's a difference between that sort of logical, you know, mind centered understanding of a topic or a belief structure or, or whatever. Versus a deep, deep knowing in your heart, in your soul, in like the center of everything you are, knowing that it's actually true. I understood for a long time that having an abundance mindset was valuable. I mean, the first time we were kind of talked to about that was probably eight years ago.
2: Sure, yeah. You know, with
0: business. And I was like, that makes sense. And I still couldn't do it until very recently. It doesn't mean that I was being fraudulent. I just didn't, I didn't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just some big, just big eye opening things, um, about myself personally, you know, another one was I have just expected my body to do, to do whatever, keep me healthy, heal the wound, let me lift whatever I want or move however I want, make babies, feed babies, have deliver babies like without any issues I have
0: prevent always, for yourself from getting sick
1: right I have there. expected this not I've been grateful for I have expected it and I'm pissed when it didn't and it rarely didn't right
2: yeah
1: and the, you know coming into you know you know the coach that I have become I've worked with countless women that have difficulty getting pregnant and have had menstrual cycle issues since they were 12 and have had, you know, eating disorders and they're, you know, chronically ill and they, I I have nothing. I have none of that. I got pregnant six weeks after trying, getting off the pill and we decided like, hey, let's try, right? I've never, you know, I grew babies healthy. I never had an issue. I, you know, I was able to breastfeed. I was able... And I never once said fucking thank you to my body. Yeah,
0: it was. And just, it wasn't as though you were not grateful for those things because you talked about it a lot. Like, no, I you would am. say we're so lucky, and I would always. But say, I would
1: say it outwardly to someone else. I would yeah. never say it internally. Exactly. I would never say thank you, body. And yes, I eat well. I I prioritize sleep. I do mindfulness work. Sure. I move my body. I'm, you set so, yourself I'm up for success. It for that, yeah. Right, but there's people that do that, and they're still not as healthy as me. They're still struggling fertility-wise. They're still, so like I wrote that. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for doing what I just expected to be done and never really taking the time to to actually thank you. Um,
0: And I think that's something I want to draw attention to because we talk a lot about these sort of center out principles, right? If you yeah. you do this thing to take care of yourself because it allows you to better take care of the world around you, right? And that's a huge one. Imagine that exact same scenario. Imagine that your body is another person. It's a, a spouse or a family member or a friend mm-hmm. whom you just have expectations for. right? And what ends up happening is the only thing you get is upset when that person doesn't fulfill the expectations well, And you're nasty Instead, to them. <laughs> exactly, and that's my point. Instead, imagine if you met that person with immense gratitude for everything they've done right. and how that changes that relationship. But it starts with doing that for yourself yeah. within. And if you can't do that for yourself, there's no fucking way you're going to really truly be able to do that for another human being because right. you don't even understand its value. Like right. The value that you got from that is so deep and profound that now you can go to someone and you can thank them and have, truly yeah. have gratitude for them for well, what they've great. done without expectation and mm-hmm. just say, I just need, I see you. I see the shit you're doing. I know everything you've done from day one. I know how hard you yeah. work at this, that, and the other thing, and I thank you for it. And it starts with doing that for yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean – and. Not only only I had these expectations, but I was, I was nasty to myself. Yes. You know, saying things in the mirror, rolling over in bed every morning, grabbing my stomach, like checking to see how much fat was there. You know, like,
2: Yeah.
1: I just, I don't know. It was, yeah. Um,
0: oh. Go ahead with your next thought. I apologize.
1: <laughs> um. So going back to the cards that I pulled, uh, again, I said, I was going to try to be open going into this with what it said. Um, and the, uh, the voice I heard, I did allow, I guess I was open enough to allow something to come through, um, was my grandmother. And she talked about, or she apologized and Mm -hmm. she, you know, and it, it wasn't. I I I want people to be open to this stuff because it wasn't – it's probably happening to more people. And as I'm reflecting back to certain scenarios and things in my life, you know, it was – I I think this has happened before. Um, And I didn't just – I just didn't understand it. But it wasn't like my grandmother tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, Melissa, it's grandma. You know, but it was just this overwhelming sense of her presence. And then, you know, I could hear what she was saying, I think, in her voice.
0: Um, Again, I understand what you're saying.
1: Right. like It, it, it sounds, can be hard
0: to wrap your head around if you haven't had this sort of experience. Right. I had a very like, similar one you know, on it, Sunday. Yeah.
1: You know, intuition, um, you know, I talked to you earlier about, you know, a feeling that I had that, like, stopped me in my tracks the other day. And whether that was just an intuition, a telepathic vision, a sign from somewhere, I was just, I was open obviously mm-hmm. open in that moment to it because I received it and I didn't know what it meant and it was kind of a negative thing and I was like oh Melissa fucking asshole why would you even think that yeah you right? almost
0: blamed yourself right. for it but um, there's an that's important too like it, things things that seem negative or unwanted like they do happen and just because that's what you heard that doesn't mean that you're not capable of having that intuition sometimes that intuition is going to show you things that you're hopeful for and sometimes it's going to show you things right, that you're not
1: right so I did, uh, you know, I was open enough to have that experience, which was extremely helpful. Uh, it helped me to not only be able to forgive her, but forgive my mom. And understanding that they didn't intentionally do this. They didn't intentionally, like, pass this along and want mm-hmm. me to suffer. Um, it's just the tools they were given, right? And, and what they saw and what they were taught. Um,
0: and I can say that, you know, obviously I was there. For you, verbalizing this to your mother and yes, apologizing to her that it was a hundred percent—I could—it was a hundred percent genuine from you. Yeah. Like, and that's again, this is something that—it's so subtle. The difference between saying like, "No, I forgive you. I know it's not your fault," versus truly believing that you're so like, "I truly forgive you. I yeah. do."
1: Yeah.
0: But, yeah. And you know.
1: And and. The biggest thing for me, you know, going back to the whale was this is my time. I'm here for a reason, not only for my clients, but for my family. It is my job for whatever reason. I'm the one that's been chosen to break this cycle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's time to use my voice to, like the card said, heal and teach others. And it's first in myself. Then it's going to go to my girls. Right. Like I will not let them feel about their bodies, the way I have felt about my body in, 30, in 36 years, I've felt this way. Yeah. Um.
0: And you're doing it via your own personal growth and demonstration, not by creating unexpected, creating right. these parameters around their life where you're going to say, do as I say, not right. as I do. Like right. I'm, I'm relinquishing this shit too, right. so that you can see right. it.
1: And my mom, my mom wasn't outwardly critical of my body, but she was outwardly critical of her own. So it just inherently like, if, her, if my body looks anything like her body, my, my mind must not be okay. Right? Um, and so I, I really, I'm, I'm moving forward from this weekend with a much different sense of gratitude and pride for who I am physically. And yes, that includes what I look like, but it also doesn't matter what I look like. Mm. And that is the first time in as long as I can remember that I can like ultimately like, feel that. Um, I mentioned to you today that I didn't really feel like, you know, moving intensely and lifting any sort of weight. I haven't exercised in five days. Normally, that would be like, okay, you know, weighing I would get you. itchy and be yeah. like, okay, you know, how fat am I going to get if I don't start moving today? Right? Well, it would, be, it would and, be weighing
0: on you in a way that is negative, like that, right? right. Like, I need to do this, otherwise, I'm sl- Versus, you know, energetically, I need to move because I just, I haven't been able to. Right, and like, it there's did a feel good to just kind of move two.
1: my body today. Like, I didn't want to sit on the couch. I wanted to go maybe for a hike or do, you know, do something yeah. physical, but just not in a way that, like, equated to me looking better, right? Um, So that's a huge shift. I have legitimately, I've looked in the mirror, but I haven't been critical. And there's been little pings, like, we got invited to a Memorial Day party, and I was like, oh, my God, in less than a month, I need to be in a bathing suit. And I'm like... Okay, in less than a month. If you choose to be in a bathing suit, you can be, and it's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, you know, and and that right there, you know? I want to make sure that we draw some attention to that too. That's integration, yeah. right? Having already looked in the mirror and and, lo- and lost that critic, and, and not listening to them, because a, a big part we touched on it earlier in the episode. An immensely important part of this is the integration of the things that you come to realize and learn, because. To just go and receive these kind of insights and downloads and then do nothing with it, I would imagine it makes your situation even worse oh, than it I was mean, I, before. Yeah. Because it, it's like, well, now you deeply know better.
1: Right. And right. you're not
0: you're still not doing it. Right. right? Like,
1: Agreed. So Agreed.
0: It, there, you have to integrate this stuff. And whether it's because you're going to a medicine ceremony or you're working with a coach on something, whatever it is. The integration process, part of it, and actually doing whatever the the you know the exercises, the practices are that are going to move you forward. It is absolutely vital in order to make the effort put in worthwhile, mm-hmm. right? It's it, it's critical that you do those things, and you're mm-hmm. already doing it, and that's yeah. and you're doing it kind of naturally. and I think that lends itself to your role as a leader, your role as a coach. That you understand that this is something I have I have to do. And no one told you, hey, Melissa, go home and look at yourself in the mirror in a nice way. No, you know? but,
1: yeah. But I think it's also helpful to have you who has already gone. But also just, again, we've primed ourselves for these conversations. We've been having them.
2: Correct. You know,
1: so, yeah. I mean, overall, it was, it was a life-altering experience. Of day. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I'm really proud of you. And, yes. and I'm, I'm so excited that this is now something that, that we can share in our lives and mm-hmm. we can kind of speak the same language on. I don't think it's necessary. Had you decided to never be a part of it, it wouldn't have stopped me from continuing to pursue it at all. Yeah. It, but because you are, man, it makes me so excited because I knew it would be this for you. I knew it did. it would. And going back to some of the things that we said at the beginning of the podcast, You bring a different type of energy to conversations with friends and family and loved ones around us where, I mean, the conversation with your parents afterwards, we've had multiple conversations with them about me going to these things. And there has never been a drop of interest Mm -hmm. from them in in proceeding and being a part of any of these sort of ceremonies. And now there is legitimate interest, right? And one day shifted that. Mm -hmm. And it was because of you. Because, again, you bring a different set of parameters to you know, what your life has been leading up to this and what the experience was for you. And I think that's, like, that makes me excited because part of what has come to me over and over again in ceremonies is that I am a conduit for this path of healing, this path of connection, this path of growth for people. And it's difficult for some people to hear me tell them, like, man, I'm like, te- you gotta try and experience this. Well, and
1: and I don't want to step into any sort of role. I mean, I've done one ceremony, but I feel like I may be that too. And
0: well, just within our well, bubbles, that's my point. Is that you are you are now that added layer of, like, I've heard what Chad has to say. Well, it kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Right. But I also know that Chad was a fucking maniac for but, most of his life.
1: You know, a lot of the comments I got at Ceremony was that we are a, a force to be reckoned with. We, as a team. So I think... I think you would have never met your full potential if I hadn't done this, and vice versa. Because we wouldn't have had that team aspect with the same with the same message, right? I, I like agree. I I've told people they should go do it, but they probably didn't want to hear it from me because I hadn't done it.
0: And that's an example, right? of do what I say, not what I do. Right. Right?
1: Um, and I, So. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's
0: very crazy, right? It's
1: been a cool it's been a cool experience to watch you go through it. It was like I said, I, I don't I can't find the right words to even describe what it feels like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, besides like Mind, like, just life-altering in such a short amount of time. Like, I never would have expected that that was something that
0: What's often happened. referred to as 10 years of psychotherapy in, I mean, in 10 hours. And
1: right do I think. I think, like, I'm never going to have an issue with my body again? No. But just my thought, my Your thought is process about, yeah. Your baseline so is higher far. than it was before. So far. You know? So far.
0: And one of the things I that, that you didn't touch on, and I really... Personally, I like to share about about ceremony because I think it's it was really impactful for me, and I know that it is for a lot of other people too. Is one of the interesting things they do in this particular ceremony is mirror work, mm-hmm. and it's funny that you brought up you know looking in the mirror since yeah. then and having these sort of mm-hmm. things. So I, w- I just wanted to make sure that we share this. So the mirror work happens, I don't know, maybe two-thirds of the way through the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You're on a spaceship and time, <laughs> time is irrelevant. Um, so, but the music will stop and everyone will be, kind of, their attention will be drawn to the facilitator and everyone has these handheld mirrors and you're walked through a series of exercises where, you know, just look at yourself in the mirror quietly for a little while. Now say something kind to yourself say I love you to yourself say Mm -hmm. you're beautiful right Um, make silly faces be playful and I remember the first time sitting in ceremony and I was like okay (laughs) like it was all foreign to me at that point so this was just yet another thing where I'm like what is this gonna do and I actually didn't want to give the mirror back the first time that I sat. And I remember talking to the facilitator. I said, is it okay if I keep it? And he just smiled and said, absolutely. And this last time, I did the same thing. I didn't even ask. I just kept it. (laughs) I just refused to give it back. Uh, But I remember afterwards, you and I were talking. And you said that you had glanced over. And I was just like talking to myself, going on and on and on. And it really... There's so many times that we don't as as a society, people tend not to really look at themselves in the mirror. When they look in the mirror, it's always with a critical eye. Mm-hmm. Do I look tired? Do I look fat? Do I look pretty or handsome? Do I look dirty? Do I look, yep. you know, well put yep. together? Whatever. Yep. Yep. There's always a critical eye, and I found I find that to be one of the most useful Parts of the ceremony, in terms of something that you can pull right back into integration mm-hmm. into your mm-hmm. everyday. Yeah. And I notice that every time that I that I attend one of those ceremonies, is that the way that I look in the mirror is vastly different than it was before. Mm-hmm. And and much like you said, your baseline has risen, and that baseline continues to rise. It's yeah. not to say that you won't be met with challenges. Uh, but each time, you're working on a different level, yeah. right? And I extended my mirror work this last time and used it more for affirmations, which is something that, again, I'm familiar with for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I never really put a lot of stock in it. I never – yeah. It was. it always felt really forced. Like, I really have to say this to myself. And part of me – was like ah, I don't know and there's certainly ways and techniques and amounts of time that can pass if you're really consistent with affirmations and they do work yeah. the trouble with it is that we have such a powerful subconscious mind that when you look in the mirror and you say you are beautiful you are a good mom or a good dad or whatever you know whatever mm-hmm. the thing is that you're trying to say to yourself your subconscious mind is like no you're fucking not
2: mm-hmm.
0: I know you deeply and you're not yeah and it's really hard it's so difficult to break through that and the beauty of doing that work in a medicine ceremony is that critic is gone mm-hmm. and so it actually gives you the ability to reprogram your subconscious thought yeah. and these are things that for the people out there that really love you know science and I want to see the studies like there are legitimate studies being done right now and a lot in the last few years around how this level of kind of spiritual work, plant medicine type work, how it actually relates to hard science, right? There was a, there was a study that I've heard now recently a bunch of times on a various different uh, podcast, and that was done years ago on these little like neophyte worms, where they they traumatized a worm, over and over again, like zapped them. They had some sort of stimulus, like a Pavlovian type experience where they'd shine a light and then zap it. And they would do this for a long time and then they would cut the worm up because these worms will regrow, mm-hmm. right? So they would cut it up, put them in different um, little petri dishes and whatnot. And then they would have other ones that they just, that they would breed and they would breed them all together. And what they found, I'm probably butchering the exact details of this, right? But basically what they found was the descendants, like the grandchildren of the one that was zapped initially, when the light was shined at them, they curled up in apprehension of being shocked. They weren't being shocked, but they carried that response neurologically. And, And so we have this powerful, powerful system in our body. Our brain and our nervous system is insanely powerful. And it's also really, really difficult to change in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this work is it blasts that door open and really allows you to change that stuff. And I sat there this weekend telling myself some affirmations and some truths that I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And I truly felt it and believed it around my ability as as a human being, as a husband, as a father, as a colleague, all of these things that I, I said into that mirror, and it's why it looked like I was talking to yeah. my like giving a presentation, you know? And I left that weekend with a deep sense, and you and I talked about this, that what I didn't have that's usually there is this real kind of lightness and just lasting joy and this kind of bliss trail that comes from the end of, of that ceremony. But I wasn't missing it in a negative way. Instead, I had this this feeling of weight, of, of a positive burden that I was stepping into this power and this reality of my life that i want to see mm-hmm. and i true i believe that 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 the mirror works specifically along with some other things from from this weekend i don't want to go all the way into it for, for my experience it'll be we'll be here forever um but i think that was a really critical part of it and i wanted to make sure we touched on that because that i, I don't that's not done in any of the other ceremonies that i've been to sure. i don't believe it is mm-hmm. in general uh and i think that that's something that's unique about this particular ceremony is yeah. that it, that it has that part of it and they're really it's it's so powerful to me the mirror work I don't know what your thoughts were around that did you did you feel that I, way or did you or was that something you kind of glossed over quickly I mean the first time I didn't go that deep into it I just laughed and made silly yeah, faces I,
1: I think that I could have done a little bit more with it and I probably will the next time um like I gave it back right away when I asked and you know I didn't feel compelled to keep it um but i'm guessing that it was more profound than i thought it was in the moment because i came home and was able to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, interesting. Thank you.
2: Thank you. For, yeah, yeah. For
0: being as as open as yeah. you've been about this um, and about your experience. I think it's really important. I think it's it's something that people need to hear and see well, and experience. I'm,
1: I think what i'm what i'm realizing is that I need to step away from that role of trying to fix people and just bring them to a point where they want to help themselves based on what I'm doing. Mm. So I feel compelled to share this.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and it. if people want to reach out to me, I'm happy to have, you know, to talk about it more with them and more specifically.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Anything else that you want to, leave us with before
1: we sign off? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I want people to, to know that they're, whether it's this or, you know, another way of, of making changes, you aren't stuck. You Mm -hmm. don't have, and just because, I mean, the things that I worked through this weekend have been in, like in my family for generations and they would have been passed on to my children if I didn't do anything about it. Um, so if there's something that you want to change in your life, you, you you can.
2: You have the power. I want
1: people to walk away with just, even if it's just that, even if it's just look at something in your life that you are unhappy about, and you have the power to do something about it. So, I love
2: yeah, that.
1: yeah.
0: All right, everyone. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, it was it was really important for <laughs> Melissa to to share her experience, as she mentioned. Um, we're really happy to share this stuff with you. If there's anything that you're that you're interested in, by all means, reach out as usual. Touch base with us if there's uh, questions, concerns, or even just things that you want to hear more about. We're happy to, to field those. We love you guys. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. And we will catch you all next time. Goodbye thank you again for listening we truly appreciate it please share this episode subscribe and leave a review your support and feedback allows us to grow together creating a better experience for us all and that is the ultimate purpose of our human experience